board. Here, let me put the microphone very close to Steven, as close as possible. I shouldn't let him leave my uh, will you? Will you? What if I just put it? What, what if we just did name my own separate track? And I have a headset? There we go. That sounds like way too much technology that I don't feel like investing in. Look, do you know how far away the mic is for me? It's like four feet. It's like a me away from me, and my wavelengths are quite large. We right. Just need to you get understand. you a compression preset. So that. This is what happens when I invite actual sound engineers onto the podcast. I'm like, I took one sound design class in college. Wait, so are we recording now? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Because this was actual interesting thing that we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I need a compression thing. Well, yeah, okay. Um, I hope baseball is happening. It is, yes. They're playing the White Sox. And Ha-ha. Winning. Thank you, Rizzo. Two in a row. Really? Did he homer? Mm-hmm. Has Chris Bryant done one yet today? Wait, we were discussing real podcast things as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I witnessed Chris Bryant's 100th home run, and I witnessed someone's first hit ever in a Major League Baseball game. He was brand new. He had a .000 batting average, because clearly it was his first game. And then he made a hit, so he had a 1,000 batting average. That's pretty awesome to see up on the signboard. Yeah, I took a picture. I was like, yeah. We also won against Milwaukee by like 13. Oh my gosh, I was following that game. And it was insane. The eighth inning, the third inning was insane. Welcome to Ethical Rioting, a podcast about Cubs baseball. Hello. This is why we use the Effectively Wild mug, which is Google Monkey's favorite podcast. I was, about I was reading it and I was just like, yeah, okay, this checks out. But every time I say baseball, I feel like I have to say it in Terrence Mann's, not Terrence Mann. James Earl Jones' voice playing Terrence Mann in oh. Field of Dreams where he's like, baseball. <laughs> People will come, Ray. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. That movie holds up. I should watch that. It's not terrible. I should not miss it. James Earl Jones' role in it is tremendous. Baseball. He is the appropriate reference to hold for the Yeah, it's good. As opposed to the like five other baseball movies Kevin Costner did. <laughs> Gee, do you think he, he has a, a favorite thing? <laughs> I don't know. Thank God there weren't five Waterworld movies. <laughs> I'm pretty sure after the first, nobody was finding Step away from the checkbook. <laughs> no. Do not want. Anyway, so we want to compress sound sometimes? Yes. Okay, so, so compression. Compression takes your, your highest points and squishes them down. Okay, we should um, probably introduce you. Yeah. We haven't actually said your name yet. Hi, I'm Chelsea, class of 2002. Oh, yeah. Diversification in progress. Right? Mm-hmm. We've gone older, we've gone younger. Soon we might reach someone who didn't go to IMSA while we were there at all. What? I know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know. I might also interview my mother as an IMSA parent. Okay. I've had a couple of people... Who who um, have, like, current high schoolers oh. who have reached out to me and they're like, oh, you've been to IMSA, right? Would you be willing to talk to us and or our kid about what IMSA was like? And I was like, sure. Asterisk, I hear it's really different now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ooh, now I do want to hear from a current student. Yeah. I to hear what's. Yeah. Well, what's why are you looking at me? I, this means that I have to go out to Aurora and make friends with them. Yeah, you're more likely to do that. Well, I mean, there is the, the <laughs> alumni Facebook group. 
You could go for like true. a recent alumni. I could. Well, and I'll be in San Diego for two weeks, so June and July, I'll find someone there you there go. who will let me interview them. Because you don't have anything better to do, like a job or something. Right. I don't have to train for a marathon while also taking a two and a half hour play. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. Natural order of things. <laughs> and planning a wedding. Because <laughs> why not? From 3,000 miles away. It's fine. It's, it's like totally just, fine. I was just saying, I'm like, yeah, I'm way too busy. But it's mostly self-inflicted. <laughs> so I really don't have anyone to blame but myself. Yeah. So what are you way too busy doing? Um. So I'm full-time at Harper as the technical director at the Performing Arts Center, um, which is... Uh, everything. <laughs> I mean, I uh, oversee everything that happens within the confines of that building, pretty much. Um, I mean, I have a boss who is also in charge of things, but um, he defers to me. She says with Goosey Grant. Uh, but when I'm not doing that, I, uh, I'm a lighting designer with my creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty busy. Apparently, I'm the in-demand lighting designer of the Northwest Chicago suburbs for community theater and high school food budget. Hey. <laughs> so, I'm like... That's a very specific niche. Yeah. Niche. 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 Um, it's kind of crazy because I've, I've been doing several, like, community co- college level and high school productions where the production value is really high. Like, they... they Drama programs take things very seriously, and they want their students to have a good experience, but they also want it to be a good production. They want professionals involved. They want the kids to learn things, right? <laughs> um, and so, like, the, the pay scale is competitive. Okay. So, like, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, it's not Broadway, but on the other hand, I'm probably making more than us off Broadway. Right. So, I got that going for me. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So I do that, and, and I'm also trying to, I'm a cyclist, my, my physical activity of choice, it's the only form of exercise that doesn't bore the crap on me, right? Okay. So every summer I'm like, I'm going to do a century, and then every summer I don't, but I try, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I did 75, I've gotten up to 80 in the past, that's pretty good, miles, yeah, yeah, <sighs> Good. I won't do anything unless they get me a medal, so. Um. I like it because it gets me away from people. Like, I reach my my threshold of, of people, and then I just, like, put on a podcast and go ride out into the country. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you live close to the country. I do. I kind of suburbs. live nowhere adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> um... Like, we have a Walgreens and every fast food restaurant you can think of and, you know, a Target. But if I drive 10 minutes, I'm in the middle of cornfields and cannot see civilization. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually nice because I'm on the metro line so I can still get into the city when I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big old bike trail. Oh, nice. That runs about a mile and a half from my house. And if I take that south, I can connect it into the trail that in theory, it would bring me all the way into the city. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Being close to the trails is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like riding on the street. Driving for assholes. Yes. Right. Interactions between bikes and moving vehicles. Cows. 
that video is going to be back on my heels. Holy shit. He's real good. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is all I am allowed to say about that. Okay. <laughs> I am not the appropriate demographic, I feel, to be commenting on that video. Other than, damn, it's good. It's real good. But I've also never seen or heard Donald Glover's work as a music artist. Yeah. Me neither until, like, Atlanta's been in my sort of list of things to watch mm-hmm. for a while, but I haven't gotten to it because I haven't been watching anything lately other than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah, now... That's what I have time for when I get old. I feel like now that Brooklyn Nine-Nine was canceled and picked up, I feel like I... Wait, what? You didn't hear this? What? It got canceled by Fox, and then today it was picked up by NBC. Like, it took less than a day for that show to get picked back up. My face, right. I'm telling you, one my newsfeed lost its mind. Yeah. Not even, like, picked up as an online stream. Right. So, like, like Scrubs. Yeah. Only not, like, Scrubs because Scrubs was also on the end. Or, like, Buffy. I didn't know Buffy did that. Yeah. It was, it was the WB, and then it moved over to Pix mm. or UPN or whatever that was. One of the various incarnations of that channel. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Almost like Firefly. No. But Firefly is kind of perfect as it is. I don't know that I ever want a reboot of Firefly. I think too much time has gone by. Yeah. I think think they missed the window. Yeah. Maybe something else in the universe? Yeah, but I. I don't know. I think you're right. I think. Based on how that whole story arc went, I don't know what else you'd want to add to that. Mm. I also feel like there's a thing, people now, our age, are like, oh yeah, that thing I loved in childhood, let's bring it back because I loved it. And it's like, part of what made it amazing was that it it existed in its time. (laughs) And now you're trying to bring it back. We're completely different people. We're the thing that was totally awesome. Um, is it like Indiana Jones, totally awesome in the 1980s. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that is now derivative of that. Mm-hmm. So when you try to go back and make Indiana Jones just feels like a derivation of stuff that is actually a derivation of Indiana Jones. Right. Yep. And then, and also Harrison Ford is 70 years old. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like that's my, my like thing. With young Indiana Jones is a strange yeah. TV series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did it. We might have, like, one episode of it on VHS, as I stare at my VHS tapes. I'm impressed that you still have VHS tapes. Yeah, it's because I haven't transferred them to DVD yet. But I'm still very emotionally involved in the Rodgers and Hammerstein special from, like, 1992. So that's not going away until we can preserve it for humanity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly something you can go and get on Amazon. Right. And then, like, I've got the original Star Wars. I mean, when they were re-released in the 90s, but before the special editions. Mm. Like, I have the original Star Wars, which you can't get on DVD now. True. True. So I'm like, no, that's not going anywhere. No. This is why we keep a VCR that is not plugged in, but it's over there. Should we ever decide to not watch the special editions of Star Wars? (laughs) God, remember tracking? I never really, like, I remember being seven and, like, fiddling with the knob and trying to figure out what the hell it did 
You're like, that didn't make it better. That just made it worse. Right? Ugh. Or the, the ones that were like, you can record two hours in this really high quality format or six hours in terrible format. And I was like, six hours. More TV, more better. No. <laughs> I don't care how it looks. And now I'm like, oh, it's not HD. And I'm like, I need my 4K. And I better have full surround sound. Or. <laughs> I'm not quite that bad. But. Because I think there's this problem where, like, I was in Universal Studios, of all places, the theme park, and of, we were on the Jurassic Park ride in the gift shop, and of course they were showing the film Jurassic Park, because what else do you show in the gift shop? Right. Except they think they hadn't fixed their settings, so it was clearly an HD television with, like, the non-HD movie, <laughs> and I was oh, like, ouch. this movie, hold- I've seen this movie, it holds up better than that, and this looks like a cheap soap opera. So I was like, in almost in some ways, I'm like, I feel like HD has ruined perfectly good movies that do hold up. Oh, yeah. that reminds me of like one one year I saw uh, a 4K TV playing Die Hard. Ooh. And so that, and I think it was Die Hard too, because the plane was coming in to the runway, and it was just suddenly you picked up all the details of the model on the plane. Oh. And I was like, oh, this this ruins my suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, analog was really forgiving that way. Like, yeah. that whole, like, Vaseline on the lens effect where it just kind of blurred it just enough that you could, you know, let it go and mm-hmm. take it for what it is. And yeah, I remember when, when like, TV stations and stuff started broadcasting in, in HD, and you're like, oh, my God, that's what they look like. Right. Yeah. And everyone looks like, like they're on daytime television because they haven't figured out the lighting yet. Yeah. The sets are still really plain, and they were like, oh, crap, we need to put all this detail in the background now. That's how I felt when we watched the first season of Capaldi's Doctor Who. Remember when we were over at Kitty's, and he had this super fancy TV? You have no idea what I'm talking about. Kitty's? Yeah, we went to Kitty's, and we watched Doctor Who. We ordered sushi. I have dim recollections. Yes, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was me remembering things in real time. Okay. <laughs> right. And it was it was just sad. Because I was mm-hmm. like... And it was one of those things where... The first season of Capaldi, I never really gave him a chance. I actually don't feel like I started to like Capaldi until the third season. I don't of feel like he's, he really figured out what he was doing until like the middle of the second, second season. Yeah. And I was part of me, I think, is, is it's my fault because I was not giving him full, my full attention. And then combined with, like, I'm watching it on a TV screen where I'm really just focused at how poor the quality is. I was like, oh, that set looks like it was in the 1970s. What are we doing? Yeah. Dear BBC. Yeah. Very unforgiving. Yeah. Very unforgiving. On the other hand, the BBC helps pay to make that show. And the government supports the arts. So. Yeah. Kind of have to make a judge. No, I support that. Let's subsidize the arts by all means. Let's just do. do it with better technology. <laughs> uh, see, now that I work for a government-funded organization, though, I I worry because I know what it's like for me to try and buy things. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> such a nightmare of process that, like, I I do want it, but I don't want it. Because I feel like it would tie people's hands if they have to put up with the stupid purchasing procedures that I have to put up with. That's fair. 
like there'd have to be some sort of like grant program where they just give organizations the money and be like, here, do this. You mean like the NEA used to be back in the sixties? Yeah. You know, you know? Like that. <laughs> we could go back to that. There's a lot of things I'd like to go back to right now. Yeah. Or go forward to. So what do you have coming up? If you're so busy as a lighting designer, oh, is, the, yeah. is the summer your soap season or you must have? Um, I don't keep doing a show this summer too. Um, the summer is kind of slow at Harper. We're going to, we have dance season, which is like all the community dance groups in the area mm-hmm. rent our theater. And, um, and so I get to design like 150 lighting, you know, dance pieces in, you know, an hour. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. It's like slamming into the board. It's, for the muscle memory, for where the buttons are, really right. comes in handy because you can't look, you don't have time to look at your hands. Right. Um, but uh, once that's over, it's pretty dark. Um, we're hoping, hoping to get a new sound system. Um, reference aforementioned stupid purchasing procedures. <laughs> uh, we'll see if it, if it happens. They've been trying to get it for, well, we've been trying in earnest to get it for like five years. We've been trying, like, here's the paperwork, buy me the stuff for a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe not. Um, but I'm also, I'm doing, um, I'm designing Spring Awakening at Elgin Community College in mm-hmm. July. Nice. So that will have me busy. Well, it already has me thinking about it. We've got a million emails going back and forth about staging and stuff mm-hmm. right now. I'm trying to figure out. The black box space, which mm-hmm. is a blessing and a curse. Because you're like, you can do anything! But then, you know, the production team is like, hey, we can do anything! It's like, can we just pick? Can we please pick? Are we doing thrust or are we doing arena? Just make up your minds already! <laughs> Sometimes limitations are necessary. Right? Like, I feel like I work best when I have at least a little bit of a limitation. Like, something yeah. to push up against and make you stop and think critically. Right. Um, right now we're just like, this is pretty! Yes, it is pretty. Can we make up our minds so I can start planning? Because the way I'd light a Marina show is very different than the way I'd light a straw show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Luckily, I don't have to be a part of that part of, part of the process. <laughs> For my own self, to show up. What's, what's the difference between an arena and a straw show? Um, so an arena, you have seating all around. Okay. United Center or the Marriott. So yeah, Marriott. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah. have audience on all sides. Um, it's also called in the round. Yeah, we're in the round. Yeah. Um, and then the thrust staging is kind of like if you've ever been to Chicago Shake, where you have audience on three sides, the stage kind of thrusts out into the audience. Um, which are they're similar in the in approach, but different in that like. I have to think now, okay, so an audience member could be looking at the stage from any point of view. I need to make sure that they have the intended effect on all sides, mm-hmm. which gets really tricky really fast. Yeah. <sighs> Especially in a space that only has 96 members. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And of course, they, someone, someone I have no there, reference on 96 members. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Well, you, especially with modern lighting technology, you tend to have one channel per dimmer, and one channel tends to be one lighting instrument per channel 
per dimmer. Yeah. And Chelsea can tell me when I'm wrong. No, so that basically limits you to basically 96 instruments. And maybe you can futz with that. Like, you can put two instruments on a yeah. channel or something. But Most dimmers can take, like, up to two or three playing instruments. But So that's 96, <clears throat> which is not it's that not many. A lot. Um, but they have some LEDs. They have some color strollers. So it's like, there, there are ways to budget and get more utility out of it. But, yeah, and then they do these shows where they're... The, the playing space is enormous because they've cast 22 people in what is normally a seven-person show because they're like, we need an ensemble so we can get more butts and seats. And I'm like, okay, now, <laughs> now I have to light this huge space right with not a lot of power. Okay. Right. And Spring Awakening is a rock musical. Yes, it is. Which also means that, like, traditionally you have... Lots of light cues and like lots of color and change and like effects and moving stuff. I did American Idiot in that space last summer, which is the Green Day musical for those not familiar. Yes, it's it's. I didn't know there was a musical. Oh yeah, the album of the same name, but it also takes material from a couple of other albums and things things get fudged and there's a loose storyline connecting at all that's not really I saw it on Broadway it didn't really make much of an impact no to me I mean I suppose if you're an angsty teenager kind of maybe just graduated from high school and trying to figure out your way in the world you don't have a clear plan ahead of you yeah like the themes can speak to you um I don't know I just like music uh that's fair so and it was it was a real like rock concert kind of festival. I had moving lights and haze and a lot of lot of like uh, that oh, was that haze. Right? It makes everything look better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that poor stage manager. She's like, normally I call from the the libretto. I'm like, not on this one. You aren't. <laughs> you're gonna call from the score and you're gonna like it. You're gonna music, right? Good. <laughs> <laughs> On my current show, there's a part of me that's like, I probably should have called this from the score, but that's okay. Yeah. There was a lot of things, but it's like, okay, so on the second beat of the fourth measure after 32, you need it. She's like, not a musician. So the, the whole like glazed over. Oh, God. I'm like, we'll figure this out together. It'll be okay. <laughs> that's one way that I'm actually really glad that I started piano in second grade. Took piano until I started oboe in sixth grade. Took oboe until my senior year of high school. So I can't I can't read music now. Like I mean I can know the gist of it, but like yeah. if you were like sight read this, I'd be like that. Uh, no. No. <laughs> but I at least know the language of it, and I know what all of the symbols mean. I maybe just have to think about them. Yeah. You know, and I'm so I am very thankful for that, and I certainly can't play the piano. Oh my god, no. I don't know that I could even play the oboe if you handed me an oboe. Speaking of which, no idea if my parents still have my oboe. Oh, I'm sure it's probably in their attic. Such a certain I don't know. But my father did ask me if he could sell it like five years ago. I just don't know if he actually did. Oh. It's one of those things where I'm like, did you do that thing you asked me if you could do? Or is it still in the garage? I don't know. And no matter how much I want to get him, like I want the oboe back so I can like practice and learn how to play the oboe. I can't even learn how to play a ukulele. I've been wanting to. You can do it well, though. 
reteach myself how to play the piano for probably 10 years now, maybe Mm -hmm. six, seven years, and had unfettered access to performing arts centers with really nice grand pianos that I could go in and practice at practically any time, Mm -hmm. and I still have not managed to teach myself how to play the piano. Right. So, I even have, like, books collecting dust on my shelf. I know. adult piano course. No, not I just need to suck it up and pay for a tutor. Because yeah. then I'll actually do the thing. Yeah, as soon as you have money on the line, it kind of changes your. Yeah. Also, as soon as I'm responsible to someone that isn't me. Wait, what if I offer you a medal? Ah. Uh, maybe. Hmm. But we still haven't finished Portal yet. Yeah, but there's no medal on offer. There was just some fake space. Fake? Oh, that's a Portal reference. I get it now. Um, <laughs> no, because so the would, entire reason we played the game. No, we the entire reason we reason. played the game no. was so that I could learn first-person shooter so that I could then finish the game Halo, which I am also angry at, but for different reasons than for the fact that I'm angry at Portal. Okay, there's a story here that I haven't heard. There, well, okay, so my friend, in one of my friends in New York, I don't know, some, I don't remember, I think I must have come up with the idea of, like, give me the Danny Garrison syllabus of, like, what are the things that made you who you are? Like, what, you know, to, like, understand you, and then I'll do them, and then I made one up for him of me, which he didn't even touch, by the way. I read all of the literature that was on there and have seen some of the movies, but the big, like, and there was, like, an anime show on Netflix that I got half of the way through, and then I got distracted. Do you remember which animation? Uh, it was about two brothers. Full elements. Metal Alchemist? Yes, Full yep. Metal Alchemist. They did this As soon as you said two brothers, I <laughs> was <laughs> like, yep. It was the only one I would have been able to identify, but I still had a guess. Uh, um, but then he was like, alright, and then you have to play these three video games. And I was like, shit. Uh, we just got an explicit rating on iTunes. But, um, Sorry, uh, so, anyway. No apologies necessary here. But I was like, I don't even have an, an ability, like, I don't have a, a way to play video games. Like, I'd have to go over to other people's houses. Although, technically, my roommate, when I lived with Rob Wilson, did have Halo. So I would, like, sometimes sit at home and, like, practice Halo. <laughs> I and I would just, like... <sighs> you talk about it like it's a chore. It is a chore! It's a chore. <laughs> Guys. Well, why are you doing it? Uh, this is why I was supposed to complete the course... By Labor Day 2017. That did not happen. Clearly. I read all the books. I'd like to point that out. I knocked those out. It's the hardest part of the syllabus, actually. The easiest part of the syllabus. That's books are the right, easy yeah. part. Books well, and movies are the easy part. The part. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You All you gotta do is go to the library. You try going to the library and then practicing on Halo. Now, if it had been a side-scroll, it would have been slightly easier. But no, he had to be like, no, use your first-person shooter and then walk around and fall off a cliff. Stupid Halo. Get in this car that then falls over and run it into some water. And we have very different <laughs> video game experiences. <laughs> and I was never a huge gamer. <laughs> Remember when we were playing Portal and I would just have to hand you the controller because I couldn't physically do the thing that Portal wanted me to do? Yeah, I thought that's why I actually chose Portal, because it's a <laughs> game that doesn't have a lot of things shooting back at you. Right. But also remember that 
I also don't understand the language of video games. Right. That is a whole other... Yeah. Like, I walked into a room and there was a gun shooting at things, so I ducked under the gun and kept walking. And Steve was like, you didn't pick up the gun? And I was like, why would I pick up the gun? Why would I do that? It's shooting at things. And he's like, in video games, you pick up the gun. By walking over. I was like, what? Why? Yeah. I thought the point was to get to the other side of the puzzle. You mean I have to pick up a gun and do that? We have to do all this extra work. I was just trying not to fall off the ledge. Oh my god, this is destroying my life. <laughs> Aren't we all just trying not to fall right? off the I, Does anyone else just trip off the sidewalk? Yeah. Like, you think, I'm walking along, not looking on the sidewalk, because I think I'm an adult, and then I trip on the sidewalk. And I'm like, this is I why we I stare at the floor. More. Mm-hmm. I trip upstairs. My husband would trip on a painted one, but... Special that way. Yeah. I trip easily. But then I can also like walk and read like it's no problem. It is one of my Okay, so like every XKCD comic is my favorite XKCD. <laughs> <laughs> However, he definitely has one about how his entire life of reading while walking is trained in three smartphone era. It's true. true. It's, it's so true. true. I was like, anytime yeah. someone's like, Why look up and I'm like, look, I've been doing this in second grade, alright? Right. right? You get the per- like the peripheral perception thing going on. Right. Totally know. And like, maybe I'll walk straight to you, but we hit here and I'll stop because that's when mm-hmm. you enter the field of vision. But otherwise, I'm busy reading. Please leave me alone. Right. Like, could I be sending a stronger social signal? Right. Reading a book. Yeah. Oh, I just finished a book. It wasn't very good. Book? How to stop time. It's about a man who has a, I don't know if it's a disease or just a condition. Where he basically ages at the age at like one fifteenth of the rate a normal person ages. Hmm. So he's been alive for four hundred years, but he only looks like he's forty. Hmm. It didn't hold up the promise, though. Uh, it was. Uh, what are your feelings on the premise? The premise I thought was interesting because it's the same reason we all like vampires, right? Like, what is it like to live through four hundred years of human history? And inevitably, every novel or film that addresses people who live really long is like eventually is like you're in danger people are going to try to kill you or they want your secret for immortality like you have to move every eight years and you have to constantly be getting new id and changing who you are and like a big part of this was that his mother was killed for witchcraft in the 1600s and then his wife he ended up leaving his wife and child because they were persecuted because they thought they people thought they were witches because he wasn't aging like so it was a lot of focus on, like, you can't have human attachments, and you have to move every eight years, and you have to be safe. That's the thing I don't like about superhero stories in general. Like, there's always that you can't have a significant other because, you know, then the bad guys will figure out who that is, and, and you know, you're a danger to everybody. That's when I want to smack Harry in the book, in the end of book six. Yeah. I'm like, or you could let Ginny make up her mind, because it's Ginny's life that's in danger. Yeah. Confession time, apropos of our conversation about CW superhero shows, mm-hmm. the one that I do watch with Aaron is Arrow. I've heard that's good. It, it's hit or miss. They're, they're good story arcs, and they're not for me for you. But, like, right now, uh, main character whose name escapes me at the moment because I'm an idiot. The guy who plays Arrow? Yeah. Arrow and Felicity Smoke are, like, 
in a relatively healthy relationship. Hey. And it's like, holy shit, why why does this not happen sooner? Why oh right, this is CW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because there's always this bullshit drama. Right. Like, I I can't be with you. I have to go be, you know, Ugh. early in the nighttime. And, right. and it's like, well, the, being human beings and talk to each other. Yeah. But would that make good television? Yes, so? it's called Parks and Rec. Or, One of the things I love about Parks and Rec is that, like, once they, once the characters find their person, then they have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And they... For like seasons upon seasons, yeah. and they fight. They but it's they're always like, no, I'm not just leaving. It's not like Ross yeah. and Rachel where they go back and forth for nine years. Or they they're like, okay, these people are together, so now we're gonna watch them have actual human relationships together. And and I recently just because I'm I lived in a bubble for most of college. Um, I never watched Friday Night Lights. I've also never seen Friday Night Live. I just watched it. Like, I kind of avoided it because I'm like, ugh, football. <laughs> um, but then someone I know was like, no, you can kind of just ignore the football. Like, like just, you know, put that in your mind as the thing that they do that's important to them and it kind of provides structure to their lives. And you don't have to know anything about football. I'm like, okay, cool. I can go into that. Um, it's the same thing. Like, like episodes end happy. Like, people, if they have problems, they talk to each other. Like, mm-hmm. the, the main characters who had a married couple, each mm-hmm. other, they get mad at each other and they fight. But at the end of the day, they come back together and have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, they they work it out. I'm like, this is so uplifting. I am addicted to the show right now because of the sea of negative media, whatever. Right. Bullshit drama. These people are actually, like, living functioning adult lives mm-hmm. um, it was it was very endearing that way I would highly recommend it even if you don't like football right I will I'll, I, it's on the list yeah I have no it's idea where you can even watch it anymore though. I think they took it off Netflix no I can check Hulu we have Amazon Prime we have far too many streaming I mean we don't have too many we have just enough but like when you're trying to find something to watch and you're like, well, nothing on Netflix, let's click over to Hulu. And then you have to spend 10 minutes searching Hulu. And then you're like, nothing here. What's on Amazon? Not to mention our gigantic DVD collection, which probably isn't even that gigantic, but it's a whole it's bunch of stuff that we don't, <laughs> we don't actually watch. Um, yeah, I recently got Hulu because I wanted to watch Bob's Burgers. That's fair. I love that show. I was, for a little while, there was enough shows that I was, that were consistently airing that I was keeping up with that Hulu made it worth it. Mm. And now I just haven't gotten rid of it. But now, and then all the shows that I was consistently watching, like, took long breaks or, or like, Elementary just came back. So now I think I'm probably two or three episodes behind, but I have to watch that on CBS.com because CBS doesn't want to join with everyone else. We may have used alternate methods to watch Star Trek Discovery. Hmm. Mostly due to Visiting ideological. Visiting Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, due to ideological differences with CBS yeah. about how to do that sort of thing. Yeah. I just yeah. suck it up, but I'm like, I will go to your one website, and I will watch this one show that I like. Yeah. I did not want to see them. Though. Yeah. Hmm. It was a good show though. So maybe if there's a season two, they may get some of my money. 
Yeah. Show them the supplies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to make it. It's true. Anyway. Steve, you went to Japan. I did. Yeah. I did go to Japan. What did you do I in Japan? Where did you go? Uh, I was in the Osaka prefecture. Ooh. I was near Osaka. I went to Osaka. I stayed in Osaka a couple months, actually. That was great. I'm just trying to figure out how many times I can say Osaka. I was going to ask, but I do need you to speak up. Yeah. Your wavelengths are very quiet. Lean into the microphone. I'm trying. For your sake. That was I'm good. Trying. That's very good. I'm very this proud This feels unnaturally loud. It's normal size loud. I think most people would call that just a normal voice. That's just normal. Wait, I have a guy at work that I think speaks too softly. I just want you to understand where I'm coming from. So wow. It's amazing to me. In any case, I went to Japan. Um, what did I do? I mostly was led around by somebody who actually spoke Japanese so that I could eat because that was important to me. Eating? And so I did or... not get lost. Okay. Um, and I decided I want to go back. So I started learning Japanese. Hey, awesome. Yeah. Um, Didn't you get back like three days ago? Sunday night, yeah, something like that. I've okay. only recently lifted the fog of jet lag, and I'm not even sure that I'm fully out of it yet. But, yeah, I decided I wanted to go back, so the next time I go, I want to be able to actually interact with Japanese people in a way that isn't just me gesturing and them taking pity on me. <laughs> so, did you, were the cherry blossoms blooming? Was there any kind of festival? kind of a tail end. I did wind up, uh, it was Golden Week, actually. Which what is Golden Week? It is like four national holidays that always fall roughly in a one-week period. And so my understanding is the Japanese nation goes on vacation for that week. Uh-huh. It would be like if everyone in the U.S. had spring break at the same time. Right. But like everyone. You mean like... CEOs it's down It's like Christmas to, to New Year's. Yes. But warmer. Got it. Um, that sounds pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh and so that was kind of cool. I wound up in, I think I, I saw a peace demonstration for me. See, this is where Steve has to be very, very careful about what he says. Because I read a very little bit, you know, uh-huh. and I was going because the offer was extended. It was like, I had a friend who said, Steve, we're going to Japan. Do you want to tag along? We got an extra bed. I was like, yes, I want to do this. Um, so that was roughly a month before I went, so I pretty much bought a plane ticket and showed up. Um, so then I did a little bit of reading, mostly so I would be able to appropriately drink and uh, not offend people who would be at the table with you, hold that off. And then uh, also just little things about, you know, eating. Um, and so that was like my entire prep work. Golden Week, these four holidays, I think one is like a peace holiday, I think one is Constitution Day, one might be the Emperor's birthday, and then there's a fourth, and again, this is me remembering what I read, so. Are you Googling it? You know, we have a Google monkey for that. Yeah, we do. Google monkey! He sounds like he's moving. No, that's why he's here. Okay. Google monkey! Yes. Will you Google what four holidays are in the Japanese Golden Week? Um... (laughs) And so I definitely caught a parade that was about peace while I was in Kyoto. Um, oh, I want to go to Kyoto. Yes. And Don't go Osaka. April 1st. Okay. I mean May 1st. Okay. 
Do they celebrate May Day? They close down the Imperial Palace. Okay. Okay, so Google Monkey says that it's Showa Day, Constitutional Memorial Day, Greenery Day, and Children's Day. Hmm. Well, I caught a peace parade. I'm not sure which one that falls in. Yeah. Golden Week in Japan and why you should avoid it. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Granted, I I don't know. I mean, I didn't get pushed into a subway, but I definitely saw people get pushed into a subway. Oh, that's Oof. exciting. Yeah. Well, no, you know, like you. like in the mass transport, yeah, they have yeah, yeah, yeah. individuals who get paid to do that. Um, I feel like you don't need people to push them into the subway. What you need are people in the cars pushing them away from the door. They do that on their own. Really? Because we don't in America. Right. Japan is different. I kind of love it. <laughs> like, Everybody's good fun. Like they, do you want to do like, the J- Japanese marathon with me? The Tokyo marathon? Why would I want to do a marathon? <laughs> so that you have an excuse to go back to Japan? And then my they give excuse, you a medal at the end. My excuse to go back to medal. Japan is I want to go to Japan. Okay, so I'll let you know when I'm going to do the Tokyo marathon and then you can come with me. Yes. Cheer me on. There you go. Yeah. And, it, and then Possibly I want to go to Osaka. Yeah. And there was some other place I was told was really nice. I just, did you see any geisha? Did you go to a geisha house? No. Oh. Um, I did see. Katrina is happy. You should. Um, while we were in Kyoto, we saw a flock of, there are the people who are training to be. Yeah. Geisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we saw, like, I don't remember the name, but yeah, I could go exactly. get my copy of the book, Memoir of the Geisha, which is somewhere. Uh, and, and we saw them walking through the city. So that was kind of cool. Though, I also don't know if it's true that they hire, that they have little kids pretend to be education training to be followed by. Because these this group was definitely being followed by like a throng of paparazzi, but like weird paparazzi, like tourist paparazzi. Bizarre. Yeah, except they're like little girls, you know, like 11 or 12 year old girls. Yeah, really that's, that's kind of fucked huh. up. <laughs> I also wonder about child labor laws in Japan. If you're training someone at the age of 12 to become geisha. It, it is the, like it's the way it's done, whatever the actual ages are. Right. I'm no longer very good at that. Guessing ages? Yeah. Okay. What else did you do? Uh, so I went with uh, my friend, uh, a martial artist, so he was going for his, uh, I mean, you call it testing or certification, is what I wind up saying. So they were doing training. I'm speaking the wrong direction, probably with my idea. Oh, your, your, t- oh. your sound waves are tiny. <laughs> Look, well, there's me talking. And here's me. Talking. And the microphone is significantly closer to me. <laughs> this is a like there's me laughing. <laughs> in, in any case, so they did training. Why this is a topic of conversation on the podcast. podcast. Uh, so they went and they did like a few hours of martial arts training most days. And during those times, I would uh, navigate the rail system to the best of my abilities and try not to get lost in the foreign country. Where uh-huh. I could not read or speak to anyone. Right. Really. Right. That's terrifying. Uh, I mean, it was interesting. It was definitely, it is definitely not an experience I have all that often. You know, because in, in, I feel like most of Europe, I can muddle my way through. 
right. those interactions, or I can I can kind of read things and figure it out. Couldn't do that in Japan. Right. At all. Yeah. I feel like well, if you it would be easier because everyone speaks English in India. Not everyone, but it's like. Right. Yeah, it's but I feel like that's why I'm afraid of going to India, even though I really want to go to India. I mean, I just need a friend to say, Steve, we're going to India. Can you come with? And I would say yes. Well, yes. Or I might do it on my own. But if that happens, I will do the same thing. I just, I have other trips I have to plan before I can go to India. Oh. Like, I have to go to Berlin this fall, and, mm. and then I have a honeymoon that will go somewhere. Have you talked about where yet? It depends on my work schedule. If I am... Um, not employed next June, then we will go to Prince Edward Island, which is the current plan. Mm. However, there, I might be employed. Right. I might be employed. Um, in which case, we would probably be looking at something more in the fall, based on my work schedule. Yeah, kind of before that. And so, then we'd be looking at more like, uh, probably like Scotland, Ireland. Ooh, that um, would be nice too. Yeah. And then we're hopefully, this fall, that was fall of 2019, this fall we're hoping to take like a two or three day trip somewhere. Um, and those are current, like, Toronto was an option, New Orleans was an option, uh, my parents had a cabin up in Wisconsin, which was an option. I can't remember what else we said, but he's hiding in the kitchen, so I can't ask That's him. That's not really something you can Google either. No. And we didn't even put it on our Google Doc, which we have many of. Yeah, I think my whole wedding was planned on a couple of very large Google spreadsheets. Yeah, we have a lot of Google spreadsheets. We have a website, we have a Google, we have Gmail. It's all coming together. You will get saved dates soon. Yeah, that's important, I think. I am real liable to make, to double work myself. You do know that October 27th, you have to be at a wedding, right? Not yeah. mine, but I you know. have to be at a wedding. <laughs> I am aware. Okay. I blocked off actually that whole week. Because <laughs> what 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 actually happened? Because I was supposed to be somewhere uh, May second um, of twenty nineteen. No, of twenty eighteen. This past this past May second, and uh, I was in Japan. <laughs> Whoops! So I could not be at this other thing. All right, Steve, can you just block off the week of May first through May fifth, please? I will probably just block off from probably like mid-April to, you know. I mean, that's excessive. I just need the first week of May. I just have to promise that I'm not going to be separated by thousands of miles. Okay. Anything else, you know. Like I, I really only need you in town for one day. But if you could just block <laughs> out that first week. Right, it's, I, what I'm saying is I will absentmindedly take myself to another continent without thinking about it. I don't under I think the part that I don't understand is that you don't check your calendar before booking flights. That's the part that confuses me. I just make sure that I didn't like I was like, what do I have? I have enough vacation time. I have, you know, the ability to book this. That was right. that was the entire checklist right there. That's why you have to look at the count. That's why we have calendars that are accessible on our phones. Yeah, you have calendars. <laughs> like that's the part where I'm like I am confused how this happens because there, there are very few uh, events in my life that are so 
I guess that's true. necessary for me to be. Like, I will admit that my schedule changes literally every three weeks, sometimes more often than that. So, like, I, people are like, are you available this time? And I can't just be like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely have rehearsal. I have to be like, am I in rehearsal that day? I don't know. Right. We, we have the kind of schedules where it's different from week to week and yeah. month to month. And... Yeah. And then throw in marathon training. And I have to, like, actually be like, actually, I can't hang out with you even though my calendar says I'm available. I have to run 13 miles and then recover. Yeah, I'm the opposite of that. It's like I wake up, I go to work, work, and then I go home. And those don't have to, you know, as long as I do about eight hours of work on the weekdays. Yeah, that's kind of how, kind of how it is. I'll be like, hey, you want to go do the show on, you know, May whatever? And he'll be like, sure. I'm like, you don't have to, like, you're good? You don't have anything to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean. Oh, okay. I mentally check, is that a Monday? Is that a Friday? Is that a Sunday? Because those are soccer days. Um, right. You still, you're still on three soccer teams. So I feel like the listeners of this podcast are very invested in your soccer team because we talk, we also talk about that every podcast. Well, that's a pretty big commitment. Yeah. I mean, that's true. This is why I don't have a running buddy yet because my schedule changes so frequently that I can't commit to a time to run with a particular person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the bike shops around me do group rides, um, but they either do them on, like, Thursday or Friday evenings, yeah. or at, like, 7.30 in the morning on Saturday morning, and I'm just like, uh, nope, 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 not going to happen, sorry, I feel yeah. no guilt, no. Well, and you said that what you like about cycling is that it gets you away from people. <laughs> yeah. But like, so like what we were saying about like other people being a motivating factor, like oh I yeah, to follow through because I committed to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm very worried about how I'm going to train for a marathon in San Diego. Mm. Hardly, it's gonna be warm. It's gonna be warm, which means I have to get up early on Mondays, which I built my calendar so that Mondays can be marathon training day. But so not only do I not have any other post- person getting me out of bed on a Monday morning when I've been in rehearsal the rest of the week. But then I also have to find a running trail that has water and public bathrooms that allow, that is long enough that I can go for like 13 miles. And I'm like, they do. And it supposedly they're like, I've looked up running trails, so I would have to drive to them. They're not like right outside my door. I think that's true. Um, well, the last few times I haven't been training for a marathon, so I was able to like just get in like a five mile run around the UCSD campus, and that is right outside my door, and it's fine. And or I went to like a small park where I did four laps, and that equaled three miles, and mm-hmm. that's enough. Mm-hmm. But when you need to run <clears throat> nine miles a week, yeah, twice a week, I I need more than two loops of the UCSD campus. Also, preferably flat, because UCSD has hills. San Diego has hills. Yeah. Hills are terrible, you guys. It's true. They're so terrible, and I'm so old and slow, and they're just terrible. Can we talk about how, like, turning 30 in hindsight was, like, the sort of crossing of the Rubicon in terms of bullshit my body just won't put up with anymore? Can we talk about how my body won't let me sit cross-legged anymore? In, like, the last (laughs) three years, all of a sudden my hip flexors are like, no. I was like, but we did this in grade school. We did this. 
all the time. We were fine. And now my body's like, I'm sitting here right now on the podcast trying to cross my leg and it hurts. <laughs> that was something I discovered in Japan as well. Was that, you know, like for like 10 minutes I can sit cross legged, but I cannot sit through dinner cross legged. Yeah. Yeah. Like, parts of me fall asleep. Oh, part, well, like, parts of me fall asleep no matter what. Ache and like, like. Yeah, it's just, it's awful. I can't, like, oh. I can still do things, but I don't have the energy to do them that I used to have, which is really frustrating. <laughs> I figure I'm just weak, and I, I'm like, I know what I need to do. I need to stretch, and I need to eat right, right. and I need to lift weights. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do any of that. I want to be 20 again, when it didn't matter, right? Today at work, I was moving a table, like a six-foot folding table, and I kind of lifted it up, and I was like, every day is arm day, and I was feeling really proud of myself, and then I put it down, and I was like, that hurt too much. I I know, I carried a plastic folding table two days ago, like, down some stairs and up some stairs. It could, I could not have carried that thing for more than five minutes, and my arm for the last two days has kind of been, like, not sore, but just a little, like... Uh, you did that? I did that thing. That's a little, that's a muscle I forgot I had. I carried a table. The other thing is, like, with, with cycling, falling is a fact of life. It's not a matter of if, but when. Like, yeah. at some point, you're going to wipe Just out. like running. Um, just like life. Yeah, you, you <laughs> just dangle or whatever, right? For so, younger listeners, I, just to let you know, right? you're going to fall in life. You're going to fall on your... <laughs> Um, but like every summer at some point I'll wipe out and I'll get some road rash or whatever and right. I happen to have done it last week um, so I'm like rubbing the bruises and like that shit doesn't heal as fast as it used to oh really? right? like uh, it's just like wait a minute this would have been done ages ago and now it's still what the heck? right? and yet I still have acne mm-hmm. oh yeah right yeah. like I still have the problems of being a 16 year old right. but I don't get the benefits anymore <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, working in the scene shop, if I don't immediately wash my face, I break out like I'm 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where is the fairness in this? <laughs> Life's not fair. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Bullshit. 500 years ago, we would be considered old. <laughs> 500 years ago, I'm pretty sure two of us would be dead by now. Uh, probably in childbirth. Yeah, maybe. I probably wouldn't have made it past like five or six. Well, that it does come down to yeah where we were located and how clean the water supply was. Modern medicine does a lot. It does. I feel like that's what I learned from Michael Crichton novels. <laughs> I learned don't mess around with the DNA of things. Just well, don't. Yeah. Just don't. And yet, Jurassic World is coming out again. Fallen <laughs> Kingdom. We saw we saw a trailer for that ahead of something recently. Wait, wait did IMDb know something? No, no, no. This was, was oh, I think they showed it at the Avengers. Uh, maybe that was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which have you seen that yet? Yeah, Were you in Japan? I saw, I saw it in Japan. I now own. They sell you your 3D glasses. You actually buy them, so now I own a pair of 3D Japanese 3D Wait, glasses. Wait, but you see it in 3D? I am adamantly opposed to seeing films in 3D. 
you know, the group I was with wanted to see IMAX 3D or maybe the only showing that we could fit in with IMAX 3D. I okay. don't remember. We Wait, bought. was it in English or did you have English subtitles? We saw it in English. Okay. With Japanese subtitles. Okay. But I absolutely couldn't read. Oh, of course not. Well, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been studying kanji? Uh, I'm not even on kanji yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, they have another character set. Oh, I think it starts with an H. <laughs> Something like that. Wait, did you take Japanese in a sense? No. No, I had friends who took Japanese. Right, were you French? French was my language. I was French. Learned nothing. Which has totally screwed me for trying to learn Spanish now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My yeah. brain just mm-hmm. will not. Yeah. It keeps auto-completing <laughs> French pronunciations and French verb endings. Yep. I, like... My my sister-in-law lives in Mexico now, and her husband works for a company down there, blah, blah, blah. They, they're there. I mean, they're not coming back. They just, um, they visit. They have a universal health and they And they have a tiny human now. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have Skylar, and she's adorable. Um, and she's learning to speak bilingually. Like, full, they're speaking English and Spanish with her in pretty much even mouth. But you know that living in Mexico, Spanish is going to be the strongest language. Mm. Just the way it's going to work out. And so I'm like, I really need to learn Spanish so I can communicate with my relatives mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with a bunch of people around me. You know, that seems like the nice thing to do. Right. And, and so I've tried Duolingo and I've tried a couple of other things in my brain. It's just like, nope. Nope. Nope, that's it. Doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. And I've tried to learn Spanish. I've taken beginner Spanish like twice. Um, I don't remember why the first time, but then the second time I was going to Peru and I was like, maybe I should brush up on Spanish. Because um, Spanish isn't, I don't even want to learn Spanish. It's just an eminently useful language. Yeah. For where we are in the yeah. world and the way the world is going in the next 50 years, I feel like everyone should just learn Spanish. Dude, they have two to-be verbs. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was bad in French when everything had a gender. Yep. They have two different to-be verbs. And this is the first thing you learn, because to-be is the first thing you learn. And they're like, there's two of them. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Why? And, and, and I'm like, sure to a native speaker, they're like, obviously, they're too, they're so obvious which one it is. And you're like, no? Well, and they, they have a very casual relationship with nouns, even more so than the French do. Like, you can leave out just about every noun in a sentence. I think you can also leave out the subject of a sentence. Yeah. And they just trust that yeah. you'll figure it out by the verb conjugation. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm an adult and only going to class once a week and speaking the language is not enough. That's another one of those things where I'm like, I work for an educational institution where I can effectively take classes. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. But the guilt. The guilt. <laughs> like, I don't have time for classes. Like, I really want to take welding. Like, Oh, because that would be an awesome skill to have, right? Yes. yes. And we have this huge yes. materials program. And they've got, like, CNC machines, and they just bought this laser cutter, and they've got all this cool stuff to make things. And I, like, cannot commit to going to a class 
mm-hmm. for two and a half hours, three days a week. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I have a life. Yeah. And I have, I'm at the mercy of like, oh, I don't know, the president's office for when they want to do their things in the theater, right. you know? Yeah. And like, guilt. Yeah. I hear you. We are at 104 minutes. No, we're not. We're at an hour and four minutes. That's what that colon means. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Separates those from 104 minutes to an hour and four minutes. Two right, completely yeah. different things. We did go to a math school. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we were just talking yesterday with Steve Downing about how he's like, weren't we the class that made them change their admission requirements? And I was like, that was not us. Right. He's like, we were so terrible. And I was like, not the class of 2001. No, you were just ridiculously horrible. That's what I kept saying. But he's, like, somehow convinced that we were the class that made IMSA decide that they needed to change their admission requirements. And I was like, no, no. They, change that they did change their admission no, requirements. How, how, how? They're now much more focused on being a STEM school. Yeah. Interesting. I think there were too many people like me and Chelsea and Lavina mm-hmm. who came out and went into theater. Well, that's what they did for hiring people like Dr. Kylie and right. Lord Skinner. I mean, like, we're awesome. And yet, and yet, they're to it'll to Biffle, which now has a completely different name, which I don't know what it is. They have like sixty students doing work hours in it'll to Biffle every year. Hmm. It's huge because the guy who's in charge of that is trying to turn it into a STEAM school mm. instead of just a STEM school, and IMSA is very focused on being a STEM school. Right. Arts. We got that in stereo. Did a lot of things in stereo. He has to, he has surround sound. No. <laughs> yeah, we do, but our cats keep turning the speakers so they face the wall. And then <laughs> I am joking that your cats like have a plan. They're like, you know how we're gonna mess with them today? Oh, my we're gonna cat, turn the speakers. That would not surprise me. My cats <laughs> are way too smart for their own good. Like open doors, no like. You're getting up, and it's almost 7 o'clock. It must be time for breakfast. Versus, you're getting up, and it's 5. Yeah, it's not time for breakfast yet. Like, like they're stupid smart sometimes. It's creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. And then, other times, they freak out at the weirdest things and, like, mow me in front of strangers who are just trying to clean my house. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my arm is, like, covered in scratches right now. Right. Do you like to play the game, like, attacked by cat, fell off bike? Like, which one is it? We don't know. Yeah, I, did, easy to I did kind of look at them the other day and go, I hope nobody thinks that somebody's abusing me or that I'm cutting myself. Because, like, one of them is really bad. Yeah. That's fair. I'm like, no, this just self-inflicted and feline inflicted. <laughs> no, really, I'm okay. I'm a fairly sound mental health for an IMSA student. So. Yeah. <laughs> we got all that out when we were 15. See, I had, like, the double whammy of IMSA into Knox. So it was oh, that's like, right, you went to Knox. Yeah. Overachievement compounded with overachievement. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, I felt like an underachiever because I was one of the few people in my social group in my department who didn't have a second major. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't even have a minor. I was like, no, bitches, I'm getting out of here a term early. <laughs> I got all this AP credit. I'm going to save me some money and start working. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So back to the guilt thing. 
It's okay. You'll figure it out. When it's right, you'll figure out how to make the time to take the welding class. It's true. Yeah. Or just sneak in the lab That sounds like ways See, to set things on fire. I, I almost had a chance because the... Um, Steve was giving, giving a very dramatic shrug. <laughs> See, what you missed is before the podcast, Katrina lit a candle. It's a lovely candle. It was a Christmas present. But then, like... It had burned down so low that it was hard to light the candle, so she just left the match inside the candle because, like, she figured it would eventually light the wick, and then the candle would burn, the match would burn, and everything would be fine. What? Until it caught fire. What the listeners can't see is that the candle is made out of a piece of a tree. Yeah, it seems to be wrapped in, say, birch. Yeah. The, the candle Some kind of is wood. inherently flammable. But it wasn't, it was halfway burned down. I didn't know that. And then it got caught on fire. And then the smoke detector went off. And I was like, maybe I should just put this under water and extinguish the fire. That was a pretty good call. Thank you. I thought so. I thought so. I managed to not burn down the apartment. Yeah. You can't even see any singeing. There's no singeing. So how long ago was it? I don't know, I was about to take a shower, so like 2.15. Oh, okay. This I, literally happened like three hours ago. I was under the impression that this was like maybe a yesterday thing no, or a week no, ago thing. No, 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 no. Okay. No. I wanted so the place to... you're not in charge to... of fire, that's all I understand. Yeah, I'm not in charge of waffles or fire or... Honey, what else am I not in charge of? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> He doesn't want to answer on the record. Yeah. Google monkey refuses to answer. Yeah. But I'm definitely not in charge of fire or waffles. Okay. Yeah. Or something else. I feel like there was something else that someone took away from me and they were like, this is not your job. (laughs) You? No. Yeah. Yeah. I really want a Pizzell maker and Heather Ferguson is like, you can't. No. She's like, we took you off waffles. You can't have a pizzelle. <laughs> I'm like, but I want one. And she's like, no. no. Every now and then they sell them at Aldi. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've decided it's going to be on the registry. A pizzelle? Yes. We're going to have like five things on the registry. Okay. And everything else will be cash. Yeah, I feel you. Heather's not joking. After which they become burning things. Like easier or harder than crepes? You know, I don't have. I feel like they're easier. I have seen Heather make them. You put a plop of dough in the pizzelle maker. You put the pizzelle maker. You close the oven, and then after a certain amount of time, you raise the oven and take the pizzelle off. So I feel like they're easier than crepes. You have seen somebody who's very good at making them and regularly makes them, right? I think she mostly just makes them for me. Let's be honest. Yes. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. However, it is a practice skill of hers. This is true. But also, I'm really good at chocolate chip cookies. I feel like that should be noted. I'm quite good at chocolate chip cookies. If you'll notice, I'm good at things that you can walk away from and then come back to in, like, ten minutes. This is why Pancakes and I sometimes have fights. Mm. Yeah. Because. Slightly different in Japan. Just an observation. Okay. Pancakes? Yeah, they're just different. 
Is it because the Japanese are trying to mimic an American pancake, or do they have their own pancake? You know, I am not going to delve into that question, because I cannot give an answer. Okay. That's fair. It's just, it seemed to be coming out of a different uh, pan. Okay. Unless the pancake was different. I feel like that's always an interesting question. Because, like, every culture comes up with a grain, right? Right. So, like, every culture has a grain, but then what they do with that grain Mm -hmm. is different across cultures. This is true. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, with that, we still don't have a catchphrase to end this podcast yet. No. In fact, I really think we should just split the table to signify. (laughs) No, because the computer is on the table and I need this computer to last a little bit longer. Well, you should have thought of that before you made it. What if I flip this? What if I flip the Ottoman? Whose name derives from a conversation we had about. Okay, I'm gonna flip an Ottoman, guys. This is what flipping an Ottoman sounds like. Honey, don't listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Ready? Oh, that was very dramatic. I completely flipped it over, you guys. That that was pretty dramatic. That was very dramatic. The important part of making it ethical writing. She flips it back over and sets it in its place. I did. She righted the the world. I righted the world. All right. And with that. All right. Everybody go flip a table, but not, but then clean it up later. But like flip it back. Like if you're going to flip a table, do it respectfully. And don't cause property damage. It's true. Ask for permission if it's not your table that you are flipping. Ethically, y'all. Maybe that's how we have the podcast from now on. Ethically, y'all. Ethically, y'all.